Right. Okay. Go ahead and roll it when you're ready. Oh! People at home! What's up with that? Are you ready? Get the guns, the drugs from my generation, and it's a sin. The guns, the fakes, the fraud, the messing with me. Come on, come on, come on! Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. Let's get it If I can be serious for a minute, for the love of God, stay away from the demon dogs! Podcast. My name is PC Tony. I am your commissioner and the commissioner of the United States. That's been a while. Of damn, damn, dare Americas. And I am joined, as always, by the other half of the world's greatest tag team ever the man, the myth, the legend, an inebriator in an era in which it is great to be awesome. It's him. It is him. It's DPP. Flying solo this weekend, can you tell? Right now, this... Panic, panicking, trying to get through everything set up, and I got a cat that won't leave me alone. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, there is plenty more people on this show today. The third member of our, I don't know, what is our trios team? You were the one who wanted a trios tag team attempt with the three of What are we even called? What's wrong with the free birds, man? It's not being used right now. I don't want to be like Midnight Express 2.0. Anyway, the new birds. The it's new birds. Mr. Velvet Pipes himself, the voice of Chair Shot Radio Network, and one hell of a father. It's Christopher Platt. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to be back. I know y'all missed me last week. I missed y'all even more, but we right back like we left something. And shout out to my man Dan flying solo dolo this weekend, man. You got any big plans? Um, no. <laughs> uh, Those I, sometimes are the best plans. I took one hell of a nap already today. <laughs> and I'm probably going to cook okay, some. we're going to act like you don't I have got some ribs. Hub. I got some ribs I, prepped I to cook. <laughs> You, you, you have some real go. kleptocook don't and eat you all got of your them. favorite don't eat all of them scenes tonight. on deck. Okay. I get you. <laughs> they don't eat all of them tonight. <laughs> you don't have to oh, go to the bathroom, tomorrow. sir. You could be right on the living room couch. Just, yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, I'm going, I'll vacuum it up on Sunday. I'm going over to drink at his house tomorrow. So I'm like, I'm like, make sure there's some ribs left. Anyway, the fourth member of the DWI podcast is back as well. He is the trivia trickster, but we have that on suspension right now until we're done with the top 100. But he is back. He is phenomenal in oh so many ways. It's AJ Velez. Ah, it's good to be back. And I know for a fact you guys see a you know what? bit of you're, a different you're background. Done you're done talking and fuck that stupid t-shirt you're wearing. We have a special <laughs> guest today. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's wrong with things. the t-shirt? Couple things. What's wrong with the t-shirt? Number one. Number two. <laughs> Just a, are you? Totally are you? I, I've been out the loop, man. Are Are you in your own digs, Mister Blaz? I am now. Uh, I moved, 
That's why I haven't been on a couple weeks ago with my girlfriend. So now I have to get used to different time zones because I'm with I'm I'm kind of with right. the uh, boss right. himself right. in the mountains. Check, check his social media and you can find that at the end of the fucking show. We have a guest today and he is excellent excellent at fantasy football. He's excellent at giving you some great information about football. He's a wonderful sports writer. He's an excellent man covering professional wrestling as well. He does oh so many damn things. He's also a man who's beat me in the championship of a fantasy football league we're in together. I hate respect this man. I'm just kidding. Thanks for coming on the show, Mr. Steve Cook. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I was uh, taking a look at the Skype information earlier today and this turns out this is the first podcast I've done in like a year and a couple months. So I'm a little bit rusty, folks. Just a little, well, little bit Welcome rusty. back. Got the Just welcome back, Cotter. For him, Dan. Oh, I have welcome back? I don't have welcome back, Cotter. Oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> I have something to say. That's my so, excuse so if I suck on the show, by the way. I'm just saying. I mean, it's not making excuses doing... already. It's no, fine. You're great. You're great. great. No, shout out to Mr. Cook, man, because uh, Mr. Cook and I, we are the resident Louisville Cardinals basketball fans on the chair shot. So we got that in common. That's right. That's right. Got a new coach. Got new stuff going down this year. Feeling good about it. Feeling good. I am too, man, but we'll see what happens. So do you even, well, I know you're from Cincinnati and, you know, uh, Kentucky. For those that don't know, Kentucky and Cincinnati, they're literally separated by the Ohio River. Cincinnati is basically Kentucky. Cincinnati is in Kentucky, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Kentucky, pretty much, yeah. But growing up, Cook, from ages probably three through 19, I spent every summer in Louisville. My grandparents lived there. My uncle lived there. So I, yeah, I went there every summer. And I, I became a fan of the yeah, Louisville Cardinals basketball team because I went to their basketball camp for like three straight years. Nice. And I, yeah, I don't know your age, but I got to meet a lot of the players, and I got to meet Denny Crum as well. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Denny Crum back in the so day. You, um, so you're, yeah, are you old about to that. Denny Crum? Now, did you ever meet uh, my good friend, LeBradford Smith? He was on the uh, late 80s teams for Louisville. I did meet LeBradford. I oh, met LeBradford. Yeah. I met Samaki Walker. I actually have a, a funny story about Samaki Walker that I can't share on the air. We are uh, Eskimo brothers, but that's neither here nor there. Right. That was many years <laughs> later. Just, um, you, t- you, just, you remember you just uh, Tick Rogers, uh, Dewan Wagner. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, uh, Clifford Rogier, and there's some others that I can't just. Those were just the ones I met off the top of my head, but yeah, just a really good time, and the they've girl? been my can basketball interest. Do you think we could get that girl no. on the show as no. a guest? No, I got a no. couple questions for her. No. So how was that? No. <laughs> no, no, this was many moons later. This was after he had, you know, he had been in the league and retired and all of that, and you could have made an impression. Not not with him when I was, you know, 14, 15, and then, you know, I banged his baby mama at 33. <laughs> well, he wasn't going to – he folks, Flat wasn't going to talk about that, though. So that's fine. It's all good. So leave it to a blast. Anyway. <laughs> leave it to a blast to drag something out of Flat. All right. I think we've had plenty, plenty of opening show banner here, enough to go get to a commercial. When we return, we have some random – Sports entertainment topics that we're going to hit and hustle around the horn. We also got the top 100, uh, numbers 71 through 80. And, of course, we're hitting Seinfeld 
at the end of the show. DWI podcast number 343, ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, gentlemen, first topic here in the sports entertainment category, DWI podcast, ChairShot Radio Network, thechairshot.com, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Get it in soft style. Don't be a cheap fucking bastard. I'm just bullying them now with that. I figured that out with Ray the other day. I'm like, fuck it. Hey, assholes, spend some money. Um, But thanks for listening. So, Paige who you know from WWE if you're just a WWE guy or, you know, she just got to AEW. Um, she wanted to let everybody know how to say her fucking name. And it's Sir Ray Uh. Saraya. That it's not Saraya. It's not Say Raya. It's Sir Ray Uh. Anyway, we're on the horn. Let's start with our guest, Mr. Cook. What do you think about her? Going to AEW, because I shed a tear. I wanted to see her back in WWE storylines. Uh, the biff on the mic, and, and what does the future hold for her in AEW? Well, I think the reason she's not back in WWE is because she was not going to compete in WWE. They, they weren't going to clear her to wrestle. I mean, may, may they wait a few more years after after now that she gets cleared? Because they clear everybody eventually, but it takes some time. May she didn't have the time. And let me... Clear this up right away. I'm from Kentucky, so I'm, I'm allowed to mispronounce things. Okay, so <laughs> Saraya, was it Saraya PC? Is that right? Sir, Sir, Ray, uh. Sir, Ray, yeah, thank you. See, I'm from Kentucky. Sir, we don't Saraya. talk right down here, so Saraya. if I say it the wrong way, it's because I'm from Kentucky. So sorry what, in what, advance. What part? What well, part is Kentucky? Good for you the and your film. northernest part of Kentucky, but still south. <laughs> still no, south. I, what's, what's the uh, what, what city? Edgewood, Kentucky. It's just south of Covington. You know, uh, basically right across from Cincinnati, a little few, about 10 miles south or so. So still south there, so I still get to mispronounce things and say things wrong because I'm a southerner. So in any event, what was I talking about? Soraya, yes, going to AEW, a good time. We're hoping that she gets to wrestle. I, I hope that she's cleared. I hope that she's in good physical condition. I hope she can have good matches. I hope she can do whatever she wants there. I don't know. I don't know. This, I don't know medical status i don't have i'm like bill belichick i don't have an mri in front of me i can't see whether i can't see whether what the, what's going on there so can we just say Soraya's day to day can we say she's day to day does that hoodie have the sleeves go all the way down or are they cut off above the elbow <sighs> i need to cut them off actually but yeah it's, I, i'm just saying Soraya's day to day and i the, hope that the, she the hood also needs to be up <laughs> she i hope that she competes there you go oh, you like that there Pretty you good. go Darth, Darth I hope she competes, but also I have to say that I hope that she can also do things other than talking because that particular segment did not go so well for her on, in that regard. Maybe she's a little rusty like I am with the podcasting deal, and hopefully she'll be better in future weeks. 
But it's a good thing for AEW to have a female that uh, people know about, that people are, people remember, people uh, like. You know, they need something to freshen up that division. They need more names that people care about. So while this particular week didn't go too well for them, I still think there's a little hope for them that Soraya can make the people like the AEW women's division. Let's hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, she definitely brings that name and that credibility that she's had in the past if she can show the fans that she can still go in the ring. DP, what are your thoughts here? I mean, we talked about this the last week or so, but, you know, I mean, any new developments in your opinion here, especially with that uh, that that astounding promo? I I think when we first talked about it last week... I was like, yeah, fine, whatever, didn't really care. I think my interest is even less. <laughs> I went down because I, I just kind of in the same with kind of Cook, you know, it's it, we'll see, I guess, you know, how it goes. We'll see if she's going to wrestle and how rusty she's going to end up being. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I I, I just hope she's healthy, I guess, is the, is the main thing, right? Like, I don't want her going in. I mean, when she came back, and wrestled, she immediately was out again, you know, with more neck injuries. So I don't want that to happen again if she's going to wrestle. Um, so first and foremost, health, be healthy. Um, I'd rather see that than, you know, have her be out there and get hurt. Um, but as far as my interests, I don't care. I really don't. Yeah, I know. We've we've kind of that the AEW ship sailed for you and I long ago. Not that we didn't try. We we did. I, mean, I went to a show for God's uh, sakes. Uh, all right. Uh, so DP and I have really given our thoughts on this, so we don't need to give a lot more of our words to it. But Chris, you you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks since this happened. So what what do you what are your thoughts here on on Soraya? So it's hard for me to believe that she is not going to wrestle at some point in time. Just knowing her background and her history, like she literally grew up in the industry. Like that's what she knows. She comes from a family of Kearneys. And I say that not disparagingly. I say that with the utmost respect, but it just is what it is, right? But the problem is we've also seen this script in AEW before. Right. They get a no name. They come in. They make a big impact or not even a big impact, but they get a huge pop. And then we don't see them for like a month. And then they end up, uh, you know, yeah, getting that's a shot. At... The, that's been on the crowded men's side, though. You know, exactly. That's but kinda, it, 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 I think that's it, apples it, and oranges with Soraya who's coming not, into it. But a name with division who you have. You have Britt Baker and you have Thunder Rosa, who's hurt. Who else do they really have that's that's big? You got Britt Baker. You got Tony Storm. Like I would have agreed with you like six no, months no, ago. I said, they, I said, I said big. Like as a name, I didn't. Tony Storm. That doesn't. That's a. Eh. No, they have enough women now where they could fill the decent division. But yeah, I, nice I should. JL noticed. But why is this going to be any different from what they do with the men stars? They come in, we don't see them for a month, and then all of a sudden they get a title shot. And I just told you, you why, because up, there's a thinner roster on the women's side. What difference does it make? It's still the same guy booking it, and he still has shown a pattern of how he books. You remember how big a name uh, 
what's her name? It's not Ember Moon anymore. You remember she made a big splash. Athea. What happened? Athea. Yeah, thank you. She you racked up a bunch of wins that nobody saw because nobody watches Dark or Elevation Dark or Dark Elevation or Knight Rider or Moon Knight or whatever the fuck the internet shows are. Oh, hold on. Let, Let me, me just finish. You then you can say what you like. And then they'll show up and they'll be like 15 and 0 and they'll be like the ranked number two contender. And we'll be like, oh, damn, when did they wrestle all these matches? Oh, we didn't see him because they were on the Internet. And then they'll lose to whomever the champion is. And it'll be a big popcorn fart. Listen, I, I agree with you. I, I just haven't argued with, with you in a while. So it's good. Good to see you. AJ, what are your. Uh, see, I knew you'd like that. AJ, round out the conversation here. Before we I mean, let uh, Steve Steve Cook give us a final thought on the on this topic, I mean, what everyone said is true. I mean, with Platt, like, wasn't one of the stories that her mom actually like when she was still pregnant, she was in the ring when she was still pregnant with her. That's how much like wrestling is integrated into her system. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't heard that, but that sounds correct. That sounds about right. She comes from a family of carnies. It is what yeah, it is. It's true. Yeah. I think she was birthed Am on I... a top rope body splash. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, <laughs> no. yeah, they probably... No, 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 She's not co-general manager or whatever she was back in SmackDown. She's actually going to wrestle again. She's allowed to. We've seen it out of Edge. We've seen it out of Brian Danielson. She can come back. She can do her thing, too. Hopefully, she's healthy enough to do it, like everyone else alluded to. But I feel like this is going to be... I know Platt said the men's side, like how that's done. The way I see this going is something else that they're doing on the men's side, and that's just title run, always in the championship picture, kind of like the current three-time AEW world champion, John Moxley, where she's going to either hold that forever or something's going to happen, and then he and then she holds it multiple times. A lot of that is going to have to do uh, how much she can get in the ring, too, right? Exactly. I mean, even if they're cleared, it's still a question mark on, you know, Hey, well, what's what's the long? Obviously, they're not looking to get her in the ring every week. I would say not even every month. But plus, I'm pretty sure with something else, they might be fearful of giving her a championship. But that's never mind. Let's round this out. <laughs> Mr. Cook, last word on our Soraya topic. Well, apparently not fearful of giving people championships if they're worried they'll leave or anything. That's not something they're worried about. Um, I'm a, I've been a big AW supporter since they've started. I've given them, you know, I, I give them a lot of leeway, I suppose some would say, because I want there to be that second promotion other than WWE. So maybe I give them a little more leeway than I should. Um, the booking lately, uh, as Mr. Christopher said, has been somewhat questionable, to say the least, especially on the men's side. The women's side, I mean, you got, once you get past lately. Britt Baker, ladies, are we going ladies? No, no, I said lately. You said lately, Late. the booking lately. I said lately. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Again, <laughs> but you know, you got once you get past Britt and Jade, you know, Jade's been the, they built Jade up very well. She's the TBS champion. You know, it's that's been Jade going pretty well Burr. for her. But 
then the, you have the other people come over, like Ruby Soho. I don't think we mentioned her earlier. She's somebody else who came over from WWE, Ooh. and they push her for a minute. And then there's, you know, other folks that come over. They push her for a minute, like Athena. They come over. They win a bunch of matches off TV. Paige, Paige Soraya, Soraya is not going to be somebody winning matches on Dark or Eve, Eve, Elevation or those shows. She's going to be featured on Dynamite because she's got enough name value for them to do that with her. We'll see how it goes again, but this all based, is based off whether she's healthy or not. And she said, I guess she said online that she was going to be, she'll show everybody how healthy she is this week on Dynamite. And then she came out on Dynamite and did a lot of talking and didn't touch anybody. So we'll see. It's a big <laughs> will she see. Look, but she looked healthy. But she she looked, looked, yeah, she definitely right, looked healthy. I'll give you that. <laughs> healthy is good. I can say that, right? Yeah, all right. Uh, speaking of television, Vice TV is working right now, currently, on doing a documentary on Vince McMahon's exit from WWE, basically. Uh, I think this is very intriguing, considering, you know, the way Vice puts these, you know, that you look at the dark side of the re- dark side of uh, wrestling, you know, or dark side of the ring, sorry, and things like that. Um, I don't know how, how much they can really get, but I- I'm interested in it. Uh Platt, what are your thoughts here? Because you, you're you're the one who also had seen this. It's Vice, man. So, you know, Dark Side of the Ring, it was really well done. Like, it was very well produced, and it was entertaining, but there was nothing groundbreaking that came from it. And all the talking heads that they had on the show, it's all wrestlers. So, you know, it's always going to be a, a, a lot of fluff and a lot of work. I'm going to watch it. I don't have high hopes for it, though. What's the one thing you want to know that, that you'd like them to tell you? They're not going to tell me. Because the thing that <laughs> I would want to know, and you're not, they're not going to tell you. And you're not even going to tell us then what it is, are you? I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to get it on <laughs> the ice dock. That's my point. Like, Vince McMahon is one of the most fascinating people of our lifetime. Like, regardless of wrestling or, you know, he, you know what I mean, whatever the genre is man he's just a very fascinating person and and i i question how deep they can dig into this especially considering that it's supposed to premiere in october so it seems like something that just they just kind of threw together at the last minute because they knew it might pop a rating you know what i mean well like you said you're gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it mr cook are you gonna watch it what do you want to see from it i'll i'll see at some point but i think chris just jumped jumped on the point here at the last second is they just Don't now started you. doing this, you know? It seems Don't like kind of a rush job. I mean, it's not like it's not like with the upcoming territory show where, you know, Memphis has been done for like 20 years, so now they can talk about it, or Mid-South, or all these other promotions have been done for a while. Bruiser Birdie was dead a long time ago. Owen Hart died back in 99. So they've had a lot of time to unpack these things for the most part. Hell, even Benoit's dead in 2007, so a lot of time to sit there and unpack these issues and come up with things to say about them. And, uh, gosh, Vince, just he just pieced out, you know, a few months ago, and they're doing business with The Rock, w- with his company, talking about them with the Territory show. So I don't think we're going to, if you're looking, if you're watching the show looking for some kind of hot breaking news, all sorts of various details on who Vince did when and what, or what he did him with, or whatever, we're not going to get that from that show, I don't think. So it's just it'll, it'll be fun for us to watch, but we're, it's not something we're going to learn anything from. No. Well, no, and everybody that could probably give you some what you want to hear, they either currently work 
for WWE or are trying to get back in the good graces of WWE so they uh-huh. can again work for WWE? Ladies and gentlemen, the rain on your parade, Christopher Platt and Steve Cook. A.G. Belaz, what are your thoughts here on, on this exciting, groundbreaking documentary on Vince McMahon's exit from WWE? A.J.? No? Hi. No, I, I heard you. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I was distracted. Um, Dynamite drop in. No. Someone taking their clothes off on the other side of that uh, camera there? Perhaps. Uh, anyway... <laughs> No. Okay, that's that's that's. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's an. No, that's an but with with, with the whole right? thing about the dark side of the ring. Thank you, honey. With the dark side of the ring stuff and the Vince McMahon's departure and everything else, it, it's interesting. But we're not going to get the things that we want to hear. Just like we said, it's just going to be a bunch of things saying like, "Oh, well, Vince did this," or you're going to get. The one thing I want is people who actually don't like Vince. I I want someone on Vice to actually go out of their own way and find I don't even know if he's still alive or not. Find nails and ask him stuff about like the eighties and nineties. <laughs> Do shit like that. Nice. Like wow. ask the real hard hitting shit. There. Is that the only one that's still alive? Is that why you said nails? <laughs> I I thought of the first name that might hate him. Or D. David Schultz. That'd be another good one. And they they obviously have a a relationship with him, right? Oh, shout out to AJ, by the way, out here fucking for a place to stay, man. You got to keep giving it high, giving it hard. I've been there, bro. (laughs) If I I give you some advice, sir, every now and again, you're going to have to take her out like on dates and shit like that. But it's got to be your... It's got to be your idea. Like, you've got to plan the date and plan some shit to do, and you have to pay for it as well. Unless you really giving it to her well. Anyway, you know, it is Saturday morning at the bakery at that point. Sir. <laughs> Listen, I was the king of I was the king of you want to go out to eat? All right, let's go. And then get in the car and pull out of the driveway and go. So where do you want to go? <laughs> that never went over well. Don't do that. That's his point. I don't. Dan, 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 bring us back. Talk about Vince McMahon. In the documentary. Yeah. Um, what I want to know is and I think I already know how it all, always went is have you ever seen the rain? Uh, not not coming down on a sunny day, but have you ever seen in the rain? Guy's been gone for like a month, and show. he just comes back belt notes, belt out notes like uh, that. Good for you. Is on whenever a female superstar came into Vince's office to uh, pitch an idea about something to do with wrestling. I want to know what his responses were for that. Um, which I think is something like this. If the Bible has taught us nothing else, and it hasn't, it's that girls should stick to girls' sports, such as hot oil wrestling, boxy boxing, and such and such. Something like that, probably. That's my guess. Well, speaking of foxy and hot oil, we're going to move along because that's a perfect transition into my next question for everybody. And I'm going to let Chris start because cause I like to torture him. Um, Here's my question to everybody that you're all going to get to answer individually, however you please. Uh, Chris, Mercedes Vernado? Yes, what about her? <laughs> I'm treading lightly. 
I, I was about to say, I don't think that's the type of yes he was a- answering. Because <laughs> I have a child now, sir. So, <laughs> and? I don't know about you, but my peenie just went, huh? Yeah, she's out here. Yo, shout out to Mercedes. She has put, oh, what's, I can't remember her real name, Trinity. She has put Trinity over bigger than WWE ever has. Like, every time I go to Twitter, I see them on some red carpet or doing this or doing that. So, shout out to her. Obviously, they're both going to be back in WWE at some particular point in time. She's just trying to, she's getting her price back up or getting her stats back up. That's all that's happening here. Fourth, when y'all off the scent. Cook, Cook, my question to you, um, Mercedes Bernardo? I was about to say, were you going to ask him a real question, Mellon Farmer? I just did. Apparently not, but on the Naomi point there, her Trinity point, whatever you want to call her, it's nice that uh, nice that she's getting over now. And we know for a fact that Doug Dewey cannot ever be mad at her because she's married to uh, part of the bloodline. If you're part of that bloodline clique, even if you're like an honorary use like Sami Zayn, uh, you're untouchable. You are untouchable. And so, you know, Trinity's untouchable. Uh, Mercedes Vernado, untouchable by proxy. So we're all good here. They, they, they the ones, you could say. They the ones. That's my answer to the question. AJ Belaz. Mercedes Vernado? She's definitely making sure that she's known. I mean, not that she has to do that more. She'll probably be back in WWE, let's be real here, but to to the credit of putting over Trinity and the whole bloodline stuff, yeah, she's she's Teflon. But hey, never say never in WWE, remember. Just saying that. Or in the seamstress? Really? A seamstress? Oh, yeah, but it's gonna be yeah, yeah. No, that's why I <laughs> came from the seamstress. <laughs> a seamstress who who is all, who also actually all used right. to be a wrestler, so, to my knowledge. You guys have inspired me to ask DP a different question. So DP, my question to you is: Bernardo, comma Mercedes. I knew he was gonna fucking do that. I'm just saying. Shout out to Trinity. I can't whoop a Uso, but I can whoop a seamstress. I'm You've just had saying. your time, sir. I don't think that was you know. I. Did, did she lose the other Twitter handle? I'm sure it's still there. I'm sure she has it. I'm sure this is... She probably just deleted it, this is in all honesty. Conveniently the, perfect, just... the perfect swerve to say, oh, I'm done. I'm done now. I'm done now. Oh, guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Sasha. I, I can't... Back. <laughs> back again. Back again. First, you know, Sadie's back. back. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. <laughs> Look, I, I can't take these guys anywhere. That's why we do this over Skype. Do you get it now? So is Platt saying he could whip, whoop a good old Sander, the seamstress? Is, is that what he's saying? <laughs> Sander from back in the day. You're saying he take her? And I'll be the seamstress's ass, man. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, she I'm looks not saying. I'm just saying. Long. I don't know. It'll kick uh, your ass and sell you shut when you're I done. I might get that, too. Hey, oh. <laughs> All right. All right. This last topic is brought to you by <laughs> the chair shot and the lovely and always amazingly entertaining Kriba. 
Priba, Priba is brought to you by whooping, whooping Platt's ass and keeping him in order. Y'all saw that booze. Gentlemen, you just sew oh, your yeah. mouth yeah, shut, that, man. Mm-hmm. That, 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 there's your mouth getting sewn shut, yeah. All right, here's what I we're going to do. Family. I'm going to let Dan start <laughs> this one. My... We're going to go Dan, AJ, myself, Chris, and Cook. You're going to finish this one out. In 30 seconds-ish, what do you want to see from the White Rabbit gimmick, DP? I, I want to see what everybody is 100% believing it is, and that's Bray Wyatt back. I want to see him back as the, you know, not the fiend. I don't want that back, I personally. I want I want the old Bray Wyatt's gimmick. Not, maybe not, obviously, tweaked, but that type of style, that type of gimmick. Um, if he brings a couple guys with him, a couple girls with him, you know, makes a faction. I'm always for factions. I don't know if they'll bring, like, Strowman and them together. I've heard those kind of rumors with, you know, there's a, there's a handful that they have picked out. But, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily care about that. I, I just want to see Bray Wyatt back in the ring because he's a fantastic talent. And I'd love, obviously love to see him in WWE. I loved that old gimmick. I'm hoping something to that extent is, is on its way back. I have a feeling we might be talking more about him later in the show. AJ. I, I'm not going to lie. I do want to see Bray Wyatt. I do. But I'm a damn Belaz, and I have to go with the obscure. You know who else was the, the White Rabbit? Yeah, back in Lucha Crow. Underground? Paul Killer London. Crow. Paul London's coming back, everybody. Let's go. Oh. Killer Cross, you dipshit. No, no, he's already there. He's already on SmackDown. Come on. No, Paul London's coming back with the White Tribe, the white tribe that he had in Lucha Put your underground. Let's get no. Some it's, people, it's Bray Wyatt. Some people, Come on. Some people. Some people just don't want all of their time. Uh, now it's my turn. <laughs> I, I. I. I'd love to see him come back as Wyndham Rotunda and just be like, and just and be someone else be, be the White Rabbit. That'd be fucking hilarious. That's that's what I'd love to see. Chris. I would love to see Wyndham Rotunda, shoot name, take his vision, and see it through fruition because this man has had two absolutely can't miss killer gimmicks get over with the audience and had them all both of them fucked up because management didn't understand his vision he's one of the most creative minds that we've seen in wrestling in this modern era and i'd like to see his vision the way he envisions his vision and see what that looks like maybe it'll be great maybe it won't but I think he deserves the opportunity to play out his vision the way he sees fit or the way he sees the character going. You think he believes and I gotta be honest in that with you, I, I think I think we all really wanda if we're going to see his vision. Cook, why don't you round us out here? Well, I wouldn't mind seeing the vision of Bray Wyatt unfiltered to finally uh, figure out what exactly he wants to do with himself and with his life and with his family and all the stuff he's got going on with himself. God bless him. Though I must mention that we had a conversation pre-show where I mentioned that uh, somebody else in passing with the White, White Rabbit gimmick mentioned that possibly is a Charlotte Flair return. And then somebody else mentioned the Snow Bunny outfit. And now I'm just thinking about Charlotte Flair and Snow Bunnies, and I, I just my mind's just gone to that now. So 
I'm sorry. Well, I, I I wish I had more Bray Wyatt love and all that, but now I'm just thinking about Charlotte Flair's nobody, so I'm completely useless here. Sorry. I don't know about you. You already Adam gets it. I, I think Tony gets it, and maybe uh, Dan gets it as well. Snow Bunny's in my community, man. That's what I, we call We don't have to explain it. We don't have to explain it. Okay, cool. <laughs> you explained all the other shit you weren't going to say. Go ahead. Say whatever you want. No, no. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, now you know. You might want to keep that mouth shut. I see. Wait patiently to see if Adam is going to uh, finish off the last, (laughs) the last part of that lyric. (laughs) I'm fucking with you, Adam. I'm fucking with you, man. Dan, take us to a commercial. DWI three forty three Chairshot Radio Network ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. We shall return. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Thechairshot.com Always use your head Alright, welcome back EWI Podcast 343 We're going to get into the top 100 list once again here and aj i gotta tell you can't talk can't talk on this segment and you know why all right we're gonna get (laughs) he's like i know he's like i know i know there's a reason why i'm here (laughs) let me recap where we're at here today we're gonna run 80 all the way to 71 we're going to give you that next block the 70s if you want we're going to recap what we've gotten through so far number 100 la parka 99 bobby eaton 98 matt hardy 97 ultimo dragon 96 brian pillman 95 cesaro 94 adam cole 93 biggie 92 sabu 91 the most entertaining man in professional the most entertaining person in professional wrestling on the planet right now sammy Zayn. 90 Minoru Suzuki, 90, that's an 89. I'm going blind. A 10 hut for Sergeant Slaughter, 88 Bob Backlund, 87 X-Pac, 86 William Regal, 85 Raven, 84 Dean Malenko. You know, I should have known 89 was next after 90. That's pretty fucking bad now that I think about it. 83 Antonio Inoki, 82 Dolph Ziggles Ziggler, 81 Bam Bam Bigelow. And that's where we start this week at number 80. You can call him the demon. You can call him the prince. But I'm talking about Finn Balor. Mr. Cook, get us going here on number 80, Finn Balor. Uh, uh, Finn Balor, one of the originators of the Bullet Club. Indeed, had a big run in New Japan. Of course, before that, he was tearing up in the Irish independent scene. Made his way in New Japan. Was a big part of, you know, one one of the biggest factions of all time. Bullet Club sold more T-shirts than almost anybody. And went to WWE and became the universal. He, he did some stuff in NXT, but then he went to WWE and became the universal champion. He's been kind of hampered there by injuries here and there. Uh, you know, it, it's been kind of, you know, stop start for him. But he had a darn good run in New Japan, darn good run in NXT. He's had some good stuff in WWE. So I understand why the folks would be high on Finn Balor here. No problem with him on the list, honestly. And I'm looking to see if I include him on mine. 
I'm not I sure I did. I can tell you right now. I I'm have not the sure master I did. This. No, you did not. Because I am an old man. I am partially <laughs> fixed from the 1980s and 1990s, and Finn Balor is too new you for my. You can't particular... use the old man excuse. You can't. You're not older than Dave Ongar, and he had him on his list. So we got to I'm an old that. man. Oh, no, no. Old, <laughs> Get off my lawn. I don't know nothing about this new wrestling. Finn Balor was around 1983. So, yeah, I missed he my doesn't, list. He but... doesn't. I'm, I'm going to bust your balls now. He doesn't know nothing about Finn Balor, but he had a lovely one minute soliloquy to introduce Finn Balor earlier. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> I'm a professional man. Imagine how, you are. Imagine how good You're I would be job. if I wasn't rusty. If I wasn't rusty, I'd be really damn good. I, I really, I really love I'm the so fact of the, the 1983 drop when we're doing everything from 85 onward. Right, and I was born actually. <laughs> so there you go. Figure that one out. Chris, jump in there, Finn Balor. So I actually had a. I'm going to butcher this name completely, but Katsuori Shibata at my number 80. I'm assuming that other people had him a little higher on the list. Uh, I couldn't have that You did get it right. Katsuori yeah, Shibata. I, oh, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I I couldn't have him but so high because of his injury. He's just now coming oh, back. He missed a hell of a lot the, of time. You're the only person that had him in the top 100. Are you serious? Do I look serious? Wow. <laughs> Um, I did not have Finn Balor on my list. I'm not that much familiar with Prince Devitt, you know, pre his WWE run and his WWE run. It is not all his fault. Like it kind of got they strapped the rocket to him and it got stunted because he got injured at SummerSlam when he became the first universal champion. And it was basically just Rhapsody after that. I can't argue too much for people that have him on their top 100 list. I just feel like I had. My wrestlers, the 100 wrestlers that I chose, were either better in the ring, more impactful, or once we get into the top 10, drew more money than he did. And that's why I didn't have him on my list. But I'm this isn't my hill. So, okay, cool. Yeah, I know. There's plenty of hills you said you're going to die on. You're going to like a cat in this thing. You know, it's 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 good for us that you actually haven't been around for a couple weeks because we might have had some longer conversations. But this is the beauty of this amalgamation right and that's what this list is the top 100 it's an amalgamation of nine knowledgeable wrestling fans from different generations not completely different but a pretty solid you know two you know 25 ish year gap there between everybody in total and it's whatever your parameters are and everyone's parameters make sense to them and I haven't seen a list on here that was totally egregious or made me go really like maybe you're not as good of a wrestling fan as I thought thought everybody's list had really good synergy to it you could tell what kind of fan they were right and dp has come out and said it that he's a wwf wwe wcw guy for the most part sprinkle in a little bit of ecw and and a few other things to boot but dp you had finn balor higher on your list than anybody here on the show you had him 61st i had him 69th right in the same vicinity so tell us what nice for a lot, <laughs> for a lot of the same reasons uh, Cook said, basically, you know, he was, uh, you know, leader of the Bullet Club, you know, the originator there, and I, you know, me, I'm I'm a faction guy, I love that shit, and uh, you know, he's just to me, he's he's a great wrestler, entertaining to watch all the time. I thought, um, you know, we, you guys both talked about it, you know, 
He was the first Universal Champion. If he wasn't, if he wouldn't have got injured in that match, you know, I think they had, you know, were ready to strap the rocket to him. But clearly, um, and who knows where it would have ended up, you know, if he wouldn't have got hurt there. Um, but you know, he's just, you know, he goes down to, back down to NXT and runs that show for how long? You know, carrying the title, putting people over. He's just one of those guys that you can plug in anywhere, anytime, and he's gonna make a great match. He's gonna put on, you know, he's gonna put a guy over. He can make everything look good, and uh, that's something I love watching. But one of the best wrestlers of the last thirty-seven years, Chris. Yeah. I swear, I can't wait that the last week, the post week after the top ten, I can't wait because me and you, we're gonna have our own little show. We're gonna go back and forth. <laughs> on each other. I, I was about to say, how, how, how good? Know. How good is this you rant? No idea be. how much I have. All the ammo, baby. All of it, manual ammo. But we gotta, we can't take twenty minutes on every guy. I'm sorry. Okay. So when it's okay. your turn, you gotta say what you gotta say because there's ten. Everybody's got, you know. Can I say um, in my defense that Shibata was not active in 1983? Can I? I say that. Okay, just, just, just so we, all know. we all know where we're at here. Bro, you weren't fight. active in 1983. Shut the fuck up, Cook. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Cook. You've officially made the DWI welcome anytime you want. Any week. All right. Uh, text message to end this. Uh, Finn Balor as we move on to the next one. Text message. Uh, text Greg DeMarco. Greg, T-shirt idea. Quote. I'm a faction guy, unquote. There you go, DP. Hey. Um, let's move up on the list here. That we had to oh, throw that one out. Real quick, I apologize, man. This is real quick. So Amber got back uh, sooner than I thought she did from getting food. And when I was having that uh, seamstress conversation, and I quote, this is Amber's direct quote. Oh, you're, you're, you're still on that Sasha Banks shit? You beat a seamstress ass, and I'll beat yours. So... <laughs> There's that. And it's now live and recording, so you are now threatened for life. I like this girl. She seems like good people. Yeah. <laughs> You're not uh, going to be on a show ever. I'm just saying that now. Creep is the best. <laughs> Creep is the best. Okay, guys. Number 79. Bray Wyatt. Chris, go ahead. We'll start with you this time. We'll let Cook rank us up. I love Bray Wyatt. I do. But again, man, his impact was nil. I think some of y'all are prisoners of the moment. Quite frankly, I think his father, Mike Rotunda, had a bigger impact in the business than he did. He was, number one, a better in-ring performer, if we're talking about Bell to Bell, plus the IRS gimmick. That main event, SummerSlam. He, he had a main event at SummerSlam, which at the time was the biggest promotion in the world's Number two, pay-per-view. I love Bray Wyatt. Not his fault. It's not his fault because I feel like management kind of bundled what he was doing and didn't really understand his gimmick. But again, man, like I said, the best, one of the best wrestlers, the, one of my, my criteria, in-ring, impact, true okay, money. You can, one of you the can, best gonna, of the past 38 we can, years, we can skip man. That. That really? 30 seconds of we can skip that 30 seconds every time we know now you're just like we get your criteria you know you don't agree that's the same <laughs> argument you have for the last guy well it, it, it's a good argument it's fucking okay, argument nine people nine people had a list he made five people's list 
I was done, man, and you're letting it linger. I was done and letting every other everybody I else get in here. Or I miss you, and I miss arguing with you. DP, you had him. That's my way out of that conversation. DP, you had him. He lost. Don't tell. Don't tell Chris what I had him at. Jesus, I was right because he knew Christ. I was right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sixty-four, Dan. Really? The sixty-fourth best wrestler of the last thirty-eight years. Okay, I'm muting. I'm, I'm muting. Dan, you, I was about to say he really liked Nintendo's. Ray's Chris sucking his thumb somewhere. Uh, Ray's sucking his thumb somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he curled up in a ball. DP, Ray Wyatt. Come on, we got to keep this straight. Same exact Ray. reason of Finn Balor, really. Uh, had a faction. He had, he's, he's great in ring. Great talent. Great at putting guys over. His, his mic skills are fantastic. The presentation's just awesome. You know, like that whole entrance and everything. It's like the, you know, when he did his that initial Bray Wyatt thing, you know, it's like, you know, the fireflies that everybody had their cameras out and everything. You know, you get like not to the Undertaker level of chills when, you know, entrance stuff, but like you get that kind of feel, you know, and, and that entrance. And that, that's another thing. Just it's all the things I love. So, you know, he's one of the reasons why he's up there. Shout out I to had... Paul Orndorff. I had him at the 79 spot, main event at WrestleMania. I'm I muted. had uh, Bray Wyatt. Best in the best since then? 94. Really? Paul Orndorff? That good? He I made it Bray... the first WrestleMania, yeah. man. And what did he do after Bray that? Paul, come on. I challenge anybody he, in the he, universe. He was host, wonderful. Host of he this show. And try to keep it on there. I challenge anybody. Anyone. I had Bray Wyatt 94th. Bray Wyatt is, is is part of the only three-way tie on the list, gentlemen. And he ended up third in that three-way tie. The man who ended up in the middle of the three-way tie and coming in at number 78, he's known for his headphones. It's JBL. DP, <laughs> respond to that. Uh, go back and listen to the JBL headphones episode if you want to know more about JBL and his headphone sales. Uh, another guy that, you know... Continued to improve his gimmick, and I think AJ Blaz wears JBL headphones. So, you know, uh, just a guy that after was stuck in tag teams for the longest time, but was great, you know, in the tag teams. Him with the APA, him and Farouk, you know, were phenomenal. All their backstage stuff that they did, uh, the whole, you know, APA for hire stuff, you know, just, just great, you know, bruising characters you know back in the day there and then him coming out as a singles wrestler and being able to put himself over with this with the whole jbl texan you know gimmick and you know just went with it and was able to basically get that character over get himself over and be a champion on smackdown for how was he the longest reigning champion on SmackDown? I don't remember if that was if that's true, but he was at one point. He uh, very much was at yeah, one point. I mean, the match with him and Rey Mysterio, phenomenal. Oh, so. plenty of and him and John Cena's feuds were great. Cook, you look like you're ready to explode with some JBL uh, judgment. Well, I mean, gosh almighty, um, I didn't comment on Bray Wyatt, but I think the. It's very much in the same vein as JBL, and that oh, I didn't did I rate miss you on guy. Bray Wyatt. Did I miss you on the Bray Wyatt? Yeah, that's fine. I didn't rate Bray Wyatt, so it's all right. 
<laughs> I and Ray well, Bray okay. were Bray Wyatt. So I said the same thing as We just had a lot of Bray Wyatt talk today. I apologize. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine on Bray Wyatt talk. As far as JBL goes, I will say that I did enjoy the APA run of Farouk. That is good stuff. You know, the beer drinking, the ass kicking, the, you know, set up as enforcers for guys, paying people off. Yeah, that's some good stuff. I enjoyed all that. I wasn't a big fan of the whole Rush Limbaugh ripoff uh, gimmick there. I wasn't a big fan of them wasting Eddie Guerrero's title run on the guy. Um, <laughs> just, uh, gosh. I, he did. He had a nice little run on SmackDown as champion. Sure. Okay. And he was fairly entertained on commentary for a brief period of time there. I was but about to say, he, Cook, he will tell you on commentary, the longest reign yeah, in WWE yeah, champion on sure SmackDown history. Okay. Did he sniff my hot my top 100 there? No. Not at all. No. Not even close. He did not. Nope. At Platt, you're another guy who did not have JBL or his headphones on the list. I Well, I'm wearing his headphones, so shout out to that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. But I, I actually had Sid at this uh, at this juncture. Psycho, Justice, Vicious, Edie, whatever the fuck you want to call him. But I, I, I'm not going to argue too much with JBL being on this list. Like, again, the best wrestlers in the last, what, 38, 37 years? No. But I enjoyed his run with the, uh, with the Acolytes, the uh, APA, him and Ron Simmons. And I liked his title run as the... J.R. Ewing. He was basically JBL was basically J.R. Ewing, and the OGs will know what I'm talking about there. So I'm I'm not going to eat anybody's lunch on this. I get it. So okay, Ron Simmons cool. made yep. my list actually. Uh, Ron Simmons made my list. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. yeah. First Damn. black champion ever oh, made your list. Ah, right. okay, cool. But I mean, what else did he do, <laughs> Chris? He wasn't a great wrestler. Damn, he made your list. Hey, you keep point my can argue. right there. You two are about to argue. I'm going to set up an argument between Chris and Steve right after this promo from JBL Headphones. Get your JBL Headphones. Buy some JBL Headphones. Wear them on your ears. JBL Headphones. Okay. Next, I, had to, I had to call that back. British Bulldog was the top dog in this three-way tie due to the tie. There it is. And yeah, now he's got the music up. British Bulldog ended up in the top tier of this three-way tie. He ends up at 77th. Chris, he made your list. He didn't make Cook's list. Yell at Cook. <laughs> ah, I Cook. I actually have British Bulldog much higher on this list because as a kid growing up, you saw British Bulldog as a top guy. Like, who here that grew up in my era did not see British Bulldog as a top guy. Now, was he was was he presented as a top guy? No, but he had the physique, he had the body, he had the charisma. He was nice looking. He made a Venice SummerSlam. I mean, I didn't know how small he was till he came back during the Attitude Era, and he was dwarfed <laughs> by everybody. There was a big boy back in the Did you guys see that moment? Sure. Did you see the? Did you see that moment in his eye where his his argument four turned into oh shit um. Yeah, I was about to say he was tearing up mid rant. All you guys are raising your hands about him not being a top guy. I wasn't gonna say nothing about that. And, oh, you know, the crack derailed his oh, career. No. That happened. Crack happened. I just wanted to be an ass because Platt said it his era. That's why I rose my hand. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even alive in my era, sir. Why are you even commenting on this? Why are you even here right now? I love you to life. Please know that, man. I really do. I love oh, you. I know. Man, but why are you here? 
Like, why are you here, Whips. sir? You've been alive yeah. since like 2013. So, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh. Come on. Older than the NWO. EP, British Bulldog, you had him on your list. Go ahead. I did. I had him 74th. Uh, you know, he's, again, just another fantastic talent. I, I mean, I. I didn't see him as the necessarily as a top guy, but he was a guy. He was another guy that was a big fucking dude. He, yeah, muscle wise, you know, he could. He, him and Diesel had some great matches. You know, when he was Intercontinental Champion, I think that was kind of his peak there. Um, but you know, the fact that he main evented with Bret Hart and put on probably still arguably the greatest match in SummerSlam history, he could be plugged in there at any time and have a fantastic match with somebody. Um, you know, he was great when, yeah, he was great when he came back and they had more of the attitude era time, but I, you know, I think he was just him and the British Bulldogs with him with dynamite kid. I mean, that just tag team was like, if we had a top tag team list, they would be up there. Cause that was, they were a phenomenal oh, we will. tag team. We will. So we will. Yeah. We will. Big fan. Coming late summer, early fall, 2023. <laughs> That's not a lie. Cook, did you have anything to add on the British Bulldogs? Uh, if we were ranking tag teams, oh my gosh, the Bulldogs would be high up there. Not going to lie. I mean, Davy Boy and Dynamite Electric together. As far as singles competitors, though, I mean, yeah, now Davy Boy was top notch like in 92, that SummerSlam run, don't get me wrong. And he had a good run with Owen as a tag team, too, in the mid 90s and had a nice little view of Shawn Michaels. But. Man, when the wheels fell off, Davy Boy, the wheels fell off. I think Platt mentioned the big problem that Davy Boy had towards the end of his life, unfortunately. But uh, I think it's a lack of longevity as a singles competitor that kind of uh, got him off the list for me. So who did you have at, where were we at, 78? Who did you have there, Cook? Do you remember? I, I got the list right in front of me. I got I got a man who Or 77. I beg your pardon, 77. What, what number are we on? We're on 77. British Bulldog Bulldog was 77. 77, okay. 77, I got a man who uh, popped up in the news again in recent recent years, wasn't in the wrestling business for a long time after he he was in NWA for a long time as a uh, top-standing wrestler, was part of one of the greatest factions of all time, and then went to WWF, was part of a famous tag team. Uh, once that tag team tried to move back to ICW, got kind of pushed out of the business, left for a long time. I'm talking about none other than uh, Tully Blanchard, good sir. Tully Blanchard was my study seven. Yep, Tully did not make the top 100. Um, I can't let's argue get that. to 76, though. Let's get to 76 because we finally have someone on Cook's list. <laughs> DP, you got you got music here, right? You got music here for 76? No. I think you do. Don't play it yet. No. I guess gonna do the. It's okay, I still did it. Cook, go ahead. Gold dust. Gold dust. Did that make I it through? Lick. I don't know if it made it through or not. But gold dust. I want to lick. I want to lick my camera right now. Oh my gosh, gold dust! This guy. I mean, I remember him, of course. You know, me being the old man that I am, I remember more as the natural Dustin Rhodes back in, back in Dice W days. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. I remember back in 1990 when he was uh, Dusty Rhodes' young son wrestling Teddy Biasi on the uh, WF Superstars. I think it was had a nice little yep. match there, and him, him and Dusty, him and Dusty went against DiBiase and Virgil at the Royal Rumble '91. Oh my gosh, that's good business. Then he went to WCW, had a good run there as the Natural, teaming with Barry Windham. Oh my God, that's good stuff. 
feud with Rick Rude, feud with Arn Anderson, feud with a bunch of great guys. And once he got fired from WCW, he had to reinvent, reinvent himself. They gave him this fun character, Goldust, the complete antithesis of, you know, the family business and whatnot. Dusty hated it at the time. Oh, my God. Dusty was not a fan of this thing at all. Um, Dusty doesn't act like uh, something different. But, man, did Dustin make that thing work. He became one of the top characters of that generation there. And he's, unfortunately, he kind of, you know, once you got into the Attitude Era, like the late 90s, 2000s, not the best time for Dustin. Rebounds with the Booker T Gold Dust tag team. Great stuff there. I could go on about Dustin Rhodes for like a whole two-hour podcast if you really wanted to. I don't think I noticed. I do that. But, <laughs> but man, I'm, I'm a Dustin Rhodes fan. He's probably, you know, Dusty, the most charisma. Cody, probably slightly more charisma, but I, I'd say Dustin was the best worker of the bunch. I would. I want to second that, and, and, and I'll get my comments out of the way, because you talk about working, and I think one of the most underrated parts of his career is when he came back into WWE after getting clean and being in TNA and everything, and the work he did at the age he was at in WWE in that last run was like... He was in the 98th percentile of everybody working in the company. I mean, like the, it's kind of like Flair at, towards the end of his career in WWE. Not the end end ish, but that was really good too. It was like, man, are you guys not watching and learning? This is how it's done, you know. Um, Chris, jump in there, Gold Dust. It's funny. I actually had Dustin Rhodes at number 75, so just the spot right after this one. Uh, just like Cook, man, I go back to his work in WCW as the natural Dustin Rhodes. Dustin, Dustin Rhodes is one of the most underrated workers of the last 30 years, point blank period. Like, he is phenomenal in the ring. A guy that big, able to move the way that he can move, his his athleticism, his quickness, and he knows how to put a match together. But he was missing something when he was in WCW, and then he goes to WWE, from all accounts, the Gold Dust gimmick was a rib on Dusty, sort of like how Virgil was. And I mean, let's just keep it a buck, man. It played up on America's homophobia at the time. But Dustin Rose played the character to the hilt. Like, he gave it his all. And Nat Mellon Farmer got nuclear heat. Like, you know what I mean? He did. And yeah, he certainly deserves to be on this list. And now even he doesn't wrestle a lot now but the matches that he even has now in his 50s they're still you know i'm i was a wcw guy man so i i go i get hard off that good old-fashioned wrestling shit so i'm just happy that he made the list i was about to say like how far he went with the gold dust gimmick i know i'm not supposed to talk but how far apparently he was even contemplating doing the breast implants that vince decided just to make sure that this character got so much heat. He played that. He played that to a T. I do acknowledge your punishment. Eh. There's there's a reason. (laughs) Do I acknowledge it? Yes. There's a reason we could talk about him for two straight hours on a podcast is because his career was so goddamn long and goddamn good for that long. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane how talented he he was in the ring and how much over he got this character. It's funny because, like, in having this conversation right now, and I, I know you got a, a thing or two to add still, DP. Sorry about that. But, like, 
we always talk about the guys that never won like the WCW or the WWF or E title, right? We consider those like the Holy Grail, like who who is the best that never did it? He never comes up on that list because he just never afforded himself enough time and parts of his career to like be trusted. I think. Does that make sense to everybody? I think he's yeah. another yeah. guy that maybe crack got in the way. Well, not only that. Well, not only that. He went from gold dust. He went from natural to gold dust to whatever seven was back to gold dust. Left WWE to be Black Rain and TNA, and then he came back as gold dust. It's it was like always going back. And what what makes you that erratic, Adam? Crack. Just because I'm white doesn't mean I know what it does. DP, DP. Any (laughs) any last last thought you had there? I just remember the Hollywood backlot brawl with him and Piper was just phenomenal to watch. Oh, there you go. So, mm. yeah. was good. Ring the bell for yourself. That's yeah. great. Ring the bell. That, As that we move great. into the top half of the 70s on the top 100 here, uh, Mark Henry and Goldust actually tied, but Mark Henry was on more lists. And Mark Henry is in at number 75, the world's strongest man with the world's strongest slam and one of pro wrestling history's world's greatest promos of all time the fake fucking retirement had me hooked line and sinker and i'm not trying to brag i'm just spitting some facts that's fucking rare on my account steve cook you did not have him on your list What's the respect I level? Checking, for I was just checking to see if I had him or not. He was very, he was borderline for me, man. Borderline. He was okay. very, Got he was you. borderline. Yeah. I, I was Go ahead. going Go ahead. back and forth between him and several people. I was thinking of uh, Ms. Ark. Unfortunately, I think what, I think what hurts him in my eyes is the fact that his first, probably the first 10 years of his career were not so great. Not so great. I mean, sexual yeah, sexual chocolate is fun. I mean, he's a fun character. I mean, the thing with May Young was funny, you know. The hand. I mean, I'm sure everybody loved that stuff, but he really didn't get cooking until you know until the hall the hall of pain gimmick kind of in the late 2000s there, and that stuff was awesome. Don't get me wrong. That's that promo segment with him and John Cena where Henry's announcing the retirement, wearing the salmon suit, and he brings Cena out and putting Cena over, and then all of a sudden he just decides to give him the world's strongest strongest slam. He ain't done yet. He's got a little bit left in the tank. That's one of the greatest. That's one of the great promo segments of in recent memory, in my opinion. So, love Mark Henry's later work. His earlier work wasn't a fan of. I went back and forth on him for this list. I I could, might include him today if I did today. Love that, love that, and and then I think a lot of us had decisions like that. DP, uh, what about you, Mark Henry? He was. I know was, you had him on your list. He was right in this grouping. I had him at seventy-one. Um, you said the one of the world's greatest promos i thought you're gonna say the world's greatest uh entrance musics as well for somebody's gonna get their ass kicked somebody's gonna get their wig split yeah that was fantastic no 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 ring the bell that's the greatest music ever yeah it is considering who it considering who it's for as well oh yeah Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. You're dying over there. Cut no, I had, okay. I had Mark. 
No, no, go ahead, Dan. I apologize, man. And now he no, he's leaving. He's pissed off. He's leaving. He's gone. No, he's leaving. Okay, cool. No, no. Yeah, I I had Mark done. slightly done. higher on. I had Mark slightly <laughs> higher on my list. That, that's funny. <laughs> I had him at a uh, seventy on my list, and he's well. Number one, he's one of those guys, and we we've all had these conversations previously. Like, if wrestling was real. Who's the guy that would beat everybody's ass? I feel like Mark Henry should be on that short list of guys that could probably beat everybody's ass, right? I think we can all agree on that. And if DP was here, he would bring the bell for that. But, I mean, he's one of those guys similar to Big Show, similar to Kane. And I think how WWE is going to use Braun Strowman moving forward. He's one of those guys that you can heat him up at any time because he's a credible guy. and he can be a, a credible main eventer and he could be the b-side to any pay-per-view that you need him to be at you know what i mean no i hear you i had mark henry 91st so i had him in that top 100 safely but not too high up on the list loved his late work loved the sexual chocolate gimmick i mean he's an attraction he's a guy who made you pay attention he's a guy when he entered the room you do look back you look twice you stared at him and he he did. He came into his own later in his career, like like Cook said. Let's move it on here. And and let me tell you, I think Mark Henry is the first guy in the top one hundred to make seven out of the nine lists. So that's something. That's a that's a the level shifter there. We're gonna move up here to someone seventy fourth on the list. And I know this isn't Cook's wheelhouse, so we'll let him get going here. It's not Wyndham Rotunda, but it's the man he's named after, and it's Barry Wyndham. I just talked about one of his favorite moments from Dustin Rhodes' early part of his career where he's teaming with Barry Windham in WCW back in the day. And if you go even further than back than that for Windham, you have Windham as part of the Four Horsemen. Heck, Windham in the Florida Territory. Um, back in the day, you know, back in the mid-80s, late-80s or so, Barry Windham was considered widely one of the best workers in the business. He could hang with Ric Flair or pretty much anybody and just have a great match with pretty much anybody and he had the size he had the look he had the he had the technique he had pretty much everything going for a several years several years there up until about gosh 93 or 94 or so the injuries just mounted and he wasn't quite the same worker after 94 or so and he got hung around a little while and he didn't quite become what we all thought he could have been where i think if he keeps trucking like he was for the first 10 years or so of his career He's a lot higher on this list, I think, if he kept doing what he's doing. He probably would have been, gosh, a top 25, maybe even higher than that. Because if you go back, you watch his matches that, you know, Flair had great matches with anybody. Don't get me wrong. But those Flair Wyndham matches, those were a step up from most of the other matches he had. Just yeah, it's hard not to. Guy. Yeah, hard not to agree with that. Chris, uh, he kind of like is uh, – when I think of Randy Orton, I think of like this generation's Barry Windham. Does that kind of make sense, Chris? It makes sense, Tony, but I would put when I think of Barry Windham, I've got to go outside of wrestling and I think of a Cam Newton. Because when you look at Cam Newton similar to Barry Windham, he checks all the does, boxes. He's does got Barry Windham show up at random airports in line for fast food wearing the funkiest clothes ever? Is that why you compare him to Cam Newton? He might. <laughs> well, I, I would say yeah, I would say honky-tonk white dude's clothes. They would be funky to me. Yes, okay. Cool. cool. Flat sent me this weird-ass picture of, of Cam Newton at the airport one time. 
No, it wasn't at the airport. We were. It was. It, it wasn't at the airport. But yes, I did send him a weird. I was in the same vicinity as Cam Newton, and somebody that I was with took a picture of him, and he looked weird. It as looked fuck. like an airport. I'm. I'm it, sorry. It but he looked weird as fuck. But no, I but I compare those guys because they they both had the size, they both had the look, they both had the charisma, and you both thought that they were going to change the game. Like even if you talk to the older wrestlers, they they hold Barry Windham in such high regard. And as a black guy, that's the same regard that I hold Cam Newton in. But at the same point in time, I feel like the injuries kind of uh, curtailed what they could have been. I. Excuse me. I think I had Barry at like 93 on my list, and that's why. I, I don't think we really got to ever see the best of Barry Windham. DP, any thoughts on Barry Windham? I don't think you had him on your list. I didn't have him on my list, um, and I, one of the main reasons just because I never saw much of him wrestle or anything like that. It just, and For what I watched at that time, it, I didn't see him, so I really couldn't necessarily put him on my list. All right, let's move. Uh, just so we all are clear, Barry Windham, the first man in the 200-point club, the first guy to assess 200 points on the list. As we, uh, If you've listened to previous lists, you know how the point totals go. Let's move it on up to 73, and we're going to be in some weird territory here. As I'm looking this over, I see Cook, yes. I see Platt, yes. I see DP, yes. I see PC, no. Arn Anderson, 73. He was in that same range for me as for you, Cook, and Mark Henry. The Enforcer AA, one of my personal favorites. I mean, I, I, got him, I got him up at 35. I'm a big Arn Anderson fan, not just because I look like Arn Anderson, not just because I have the similar hairstyle, the facial hair, the beard gut. No, it's not just because of that. Way to okay? steer into the skid, Steve Cook. Do, do you also have average bias. carpentry skills and everything else from that Kevin Nash promo? <laughs> I'm an average carpenter. I'm an average beer drinker. You know, no, no, it's not just that, man. It's just the fact that Arden was a he was a he was a he was a carpenter in the ring. You know, if you want to throw a carpentry out there, he was what you would call a carpenter. You can put him in the ring with anybody. He would just be in the right place at the right time. Fantastic tag team wrestler, could tag team with, you know, Tully Blanchard, Bobby Eaton, just, you know, pretty much anybody. Dustin Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes tag team pretty good as well. Of course, you know, he was the enforcer, the key cog of the four horsemen, the enforcer for Ric Flair. And gosh, and one of the best talkers too. That man could, that man could talk his ass off. And it's a completely different style from like Flair and Tully, but just made the horsemen just that much more serious and you know a threat to be taken seriously so love arn anderson love him for me arn and tully blanchard as the brain busters in wwe was fantastic i wish that wouldn't have gotten cut short um but them with bobby the brain like when they came in and they like immediately took the titles off the hard foundation like i was huge obviously like they were obviously heels and when i was watching that i was all hooked line and sinker into that shit and i was like this fucking sucks and i was pissed and like but watching these guys, I'm like, they're just ass kickers. And it was just so cool to watch. And I loved Arn Anderson. I think I'm going to, I might get a bell on this one. I had I actually had Arn a little bit lower. I had him at 85. Yeah, I it on my list. What kind of bait do you, what kind of bait do you put on your hook when you fish for a bell? No, well, I'm about to tell you. 
Aaron Anderson is the edge to Ric Flair's Bono. Okay, cool. not you. <laughs> no, no, no YouTube fans. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Me too. No, Art Anderson. So Uno, number one, Art. Dos, Art Trays, fourteen. Okay, it just doesn't okay make cool. Sense. Okay, cool. But no, Art Anderson. Number one, he looked like he was thirty-five when he was twenty-three. So it added to his credibility when he would cut his promos because he looked like he would beat your fucking ass. He threw one of the best punches I've ever seen. And of course, his spine buster is, you know, comparable to none. And growing up as a WCW guy, man, I have fond memories as a kid growing up watching Arn Anderson matches on, you know, WCW Saturday night or Sunday night's main event after Captain Planet. He had some great, you know, TV title matches with Bobby and or uh, Tom Zink or whoever the fuck. Damn good wrestler, damn credible wrestler, and he deserves to be on this list. Number 72 on the list is currently one of the heaviest hitters and one of the majorest players in all of professional wrestling right now. And I got to tell you, when his career is over, I think his place on this list will be much higher than where he sits now. Uh, it's Drew McIntyre. I, I love what he's doing, everything except that dumb fucking sword. What does a sword have to do with professional wrestling? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but he's great in the ring. He, he knows who he is. He has the ability to connect with the crowd. I'd love to see him go heel now at some point, right? Like, I think, he, I think he'd be great in that aspect. But Steve Cook, go ahead and jump in there on Drew McIntyre. Turn it yeah, up at number Yeah, no, Drew didn't make my list. He wasn't around 1983, right. so obviously he didn't make my list. Right. So, I mean, that old right. man, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I will give the man credit, though. Uh, you know, he he had a good run in WWE there, and then he got he got fired. He got sent away, and instead of a lot of, pe- a lot of people just take their time away to stew in their own juices and just getting mad at the road and blame everybody other than themselves, Drew took that time and got better. He went around the road. He wrestled pretty much everywhere, and he just got better and better at, at his craft to the point where WWE pretty much had to take him back. And I think he's he's doing good stuff there. I think he's one of the top guys there right now. I'm I'm not ready to rate him yet. Like he says, that he might. If we do this list again, ten years, maybe he's a much easier person to put on for for me at least. I I see him above Arn Anderson somehow, which kind of breaks my mind. But you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm an old man just trying to kind of figure out what's going on here. So okay, no, no hate for Drew. Not on my list, but I got I got nothing to love for him. Chris, he was not on your list either. He's been a top guy for two years, man. Like, what the fuck? And I love Drew. And I love what he's doing. He's a great promo. He looks the part. He has great matches. But he's been a top guy for two fucking years. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Seriously, what are y'all doing? Well, you're done. Same argument as those other guys. Dan, um, <laughs> what you, you had Drew McIntyre on your list. Did. I can't wait till Chris is really ready to die on a hill. <laughs> he, yeah, a guy who just, like Steve said, you know, just after he went away, you know, he was the, the chosen one and Vince McMahon was trying to push him and nobody wanted that shit. And then he just floundered for a while. And when he left, yeah, he, he worked his ass off and came back looking like uh, Barry Bonds on steroids and, like got huge, you know, bulked up real well, and and 
made himself a popular name and he's he's kicking ass and I would love to see him go heel like I he seems like a natural kind of heel but whatever um crowd loves him and maybe he takes that sword and chops somebody in half one of these days but you know oh the sword is stupid we've established that already 37 years he's been a top guy for two and he's one of the best 100 wrestlers since 1985 okay cool what's it what is he, it? Here's the thing. You're really I'll, making no, fun yeah, of Drew McIntyre. Wait, I was going to bring you in, you motherfucker. I don't care. It's Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> he will do his thing. <laughs> he will hit you with the Claymore kick. He'll do the countdown to three, two, one, and hit you with that Claymore kick. No, nah, I feel bad for Drew because every time that he's the top guy, some shit happens in the company. Oh. Damn it. I was going to bring you in by telling you your sword is stupid, but it's too late for that now. It's too late for that now. We got one guy left on the list. DP, I know that you probably have multiple themes for this guy, and, and we can could, we could hit the music because number 71 oh is none other than Kofi Kingston. Oh, man. I got to find it. I got to find it. Uh, yes, I, I, I thought I delayed long enough there with the... No. He, he, uh, he's, he's from... I think he's from Boston with a fake Jamaican accent. Is that correct? Oh, I don't think I have Kofi King. How do I not have Kofi boom, Kingston? Boom. You don't have the New Day? Oh, I suppose I got a New yeah, Day. Yeah, I got a problem. Actually, I, 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 have, a, I have a complaint. Aren't you from Jamaica? <laughs> it's it's a New Day. Yes, it is. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, what he's from the- he's from Ghana, Tony, which is a uh, pretty fucking far Baby! from Boston. It's close. What did he grow up? <laughs> close Boston? enough. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> didn't he grow up? In, didn't he grow up in Boston though? Your mom grew up in Boston. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I, I apologize, man. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Have you ever said that? Never mind. I'm not even going to say that story. Uh, Kofi kicks it. Well, Chris, since we're having this conversation and you're yelling at me right now, give me all these facts. Why don't you tell us? I mean, Kofi means a lot more than I think people understand. Yeah, he was literally uh, the second black world champion in WWE. You know what I mean? We're not talking about that the, the fake WCW belt where, you know, Booker T, Mark Henry, and I'm sure there's a couple other brothers that won that, man. But the, the lineage, the WWFE, WWWF, whatever you want to call it, man. The only, a brother, the only other brother that had won it prior to Kofi was The Rock. And The Rock was racially ambiguous. Yes, he's a brother, but he was racially ambiguous. So, yes, this means a lot. And the whole Kofi Mania build... That meant a lot, man. Like, I literally cried when I saw Kofi win it the second time. I didn't cry the first time, but when I went back the next morning and watched it, I cried. Like, that's how much it meant to me as a black wrestling fan. You know what I mean? I had him a little bit lower on my list. I had him, I think, at 85, maybe 86 or something like that. But I, I, I just the historic significance of what Kofi was able to accomplish. And he literally caught lightning in a bottle. He deserved to be on the list. And I'm not going to gripe because he, you know, you all had him higher than I did. Why would I? That You know, I can't do that. Oh, now you want to. He's on Cook's list, everybody. And he's the first guy to make eight out of nine lists. Steve Cook, 95th. The first guy not to be active in 1983 is on my list. That's true. 
That's a true story right there. But <laughs> it was alive in night. Well, maybe it was. I don't know if he's older than me or not. Oh gosh, that's close with Kerry. But uh, yeah, I he, think he made, about, he made I my think, list. I think we're all the same age, Tony. Kofi was born in '81. All right, so he's okay. He's two years old. He's dropkicking people in the crib. All right, dropkicking people in the crib. All right, but uh, Kofi, his his chest still looked the same. Probably did, but uh, my one thing with Kofi, and it's 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 a minor complaint. It's minor gripe, but I wish that the uh, I wish that Kofi run after he lost the title to Brock Lesnar. Oh my gosh, I wish I had gone so much better for him. I wish he had, like, another chance to do pretty much anything after that happened. Because I remember when Brock beat Kofi in eight seconds, wherever it was, everybody told me, oh, wait and see, it'll be okay for Kofi, he's going to keep doing big things, and yada, yada, yada. And the next week, Kofi's just like, ah, well, whatever, and he goes back down. And, you know, not that I hate the tag teaming thing, I like Xavier and Kofi together, I like Kofi and Biggie together. New Day's been one of the best WWE acts this decade, but... I just wish that something more would happen for him after that after that one title run. Uh, and he it doesn't seem like he's unhappy or anything. You never hear him complain about anything. But I don't blame Kofi's fans for complaining complaining either. Agreed. Bring the bell for uh, Cook, if you don't mind. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just another guy who's been you know a top talent in the ring for where a dozen years or I don't know. I think it's about 12 years or something. He's been in WWF E, you know, and another guy you could put in there with anybody and is going to put on a phenomenal match. I mean, the, the fact when he got thrown in, they made this whole new day thing and boy, that was, it looked like a gigantic joke. And these three guys, you know, got that shit over. Man, and that was all them that did this and, and turned it into a phenomenon. And that the run that he had going for the title was so, like, just fantastic. Like I said, that lightning in a bottle, that whole run from the Rumble to WrestleMania was fantastic and, and great stuff to watch and, and great storytelling. And it was, he's just one of those guys that, that has been around and is phenomenal to work with. One of those great in-ring talents. Dan, ring there, the bell for yourself, sir. You're just ringing bells all over the place here. There you have it, folks. Another no, I'm, no. I'm, my bad, Sonny. Just, just real quick, man. I don't think it gets oh. talked about enough how shitty that New Day gimmick was. And those melon farmers were able to get that yeah. shit over, man. That was fucking amazing. Remember when they were supposed to be visionaries when they started off at the New Day? And then they made like it this whole thing. Gospel stuff, and then... Yeah. yeah, it was great. Xavier Woods walked around with a freaking suit, looking like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, they made it work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, another block of ten wrestlers in the books for the top one hundred. That was Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, JBL headphones, British Bulldog, Goldust, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, not Wyndham Rotunda, but Barry Wyndham, Double A, the Enforcer, Arn Anderson. Who was 72, please? Can you just give us a quick comment there, Mr. McIntyre? Yeah, your microphone. I, I, I was muted there for a second, but number 72 is through through McIntyre. And Kofi Kingston coming in at 71 to round out that block. Make sure you tune in next week as we go over 61 to 70. And as we do every week, DP, 
Steve Cook, Christopher Platt, give me one guess as to one wrestler that, that could possibly show up next week in that block. Who do you think could be? Give me one guess, and, and, uh, and uh, I'll kind of respond after everybody's given their Yeah, uh, I always pick someone that's in my grouping of the next run here. We're at 61 to 70. So a couple of guys we've already said. So I'm going to go with, I got Sheamus at 62. I'm going to go with Sheamus being in there. Okay. Chris or Steve? Da, 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 Platt, might I just say that was perfect? Oh, I thought he was picking the Mountie. Both of you fuckers. Steve Cook? That's ah. pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I don't think he made the list, but uh, I'm just going to give a shout-out to one of the guys that was on bottom part of my list. How about uh, a Wiley veteran, a guy he only got better the longer the match went. It took 15 minutes to warm him up. We're talking about Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ooh, the good. answer to all, all of your picks will be revealed next week on the 344th edition of the DWI podcast. We're going to go to commercial. Make sure you're checking out everything ChairShot Radio Network, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot, and of course, the ChairShot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. We'll be right back. Gets me with that every time. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. So what's going on between you and Gina? Well, I went with her to the hospital last night. Huh? So we're in the room, and she's trying to get me to kiss her right in front of me. Uh-huh. See, that's the great thing about Mediterranean women. All right, so what'd you do? <laughs> Nothing. What kind of a man are you? The guy is unconscious in a coma, and you don't have the guts to kiss his girlfriend? I, I didn't know what the coma etiquette was. There is no coma etiquette. See, that's the beauty of the coma, man. It doesn't matter what you do around him. So you're saying his girl, his car, his clothes, it's all up for grabs. You can just loot the coma victim. I give him 24 hours to get out of it. They can't get out of it by 24 hours. It's a land rush. So if the coma victim wakes up in a month, he's thrilled. He got out of the coma. He goes home. There's nothing left. Nothing left. That's why I'm trying to get that vacuum cleaner. Because somebody's going to grab it. Somebody's going to grab that vacuum cleaner, gentlemen, as Kramer says. And Kramer, well, that... Uh, doesn't always know best but what an episode i mean this is a this is a clear and plain example of seinfeld saying no matter the situation no matter how serious real life treats said situation we will not treat a damn thing serious not even an attempted suicide and a man in a coma 
and his relationship with his girlfriend. Cook, I was thrilled because I, I'm trying to have everybody that's made a list on on the show as we run down the list, and and you're more than welcome. Any if you have another, I know you, I know Fridays are tough for you when we record, but if if you ever want to come back on while we're doing the list and get back in here, I was thrilled to hear you're a Seinfeld fan, and I told you the episode we were covering. Go ahead and give us your thoughts. I give give us a little backstory, a brief backstory on 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 your fandom for Seinfeld, and then your thoughts on this episode, which is. Which is a good one. Okay, well, I think like most people, I kind of got into Seinfeld via syndication. Although it was a syndication during while the show was airing, like back in the mid-90s or so. Because they'd show it every night at 7.30 on WSTR, Star 64, shout out those folks. So I'd start watching it there. It's during the last couple of seasons or so. And, you know, then I started watching them on NBC. And, of course, it's on like TBS and all those channels for years afterwards. And... I watched it a ton, like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. I probably saw every episode on there at some point or another. So, yeah, big Seinfeld fan. I remember I remember when the series finale aired, I was actually on a school trip to Washington, D.C. You know, when you're in eighth grade, everybody goes to Washington, D.C. That's kind of the gimmick. And we were out of town there, and that's when the Seinfeld series finale was airing. So... Of course, I taped it on the old VCR because that's what we did back in those days is I make myself sound older and older older by the minute. And, you know, I got back and I watched the show and, well, you know, you'll probably get to the series finale in, what, a couple of years or so? Something like that? Yeah, like three. Y'all can unpack that at that point. But, it's you know, it's part of the memory. Part of the memory watching Seinfeld. It was the biggest thing back during that time period. So definitely definitely a big fan of the show. Your thoughts here on, on this episode? Now, I went back and watched this episode, and um, I'm not going to say it's like one of the best Seinfeld episodes of all time. I won't, I Would won't you get say that far top, it. top half or bottom half? It's I'd probably go somewhere in the middle, to be honest with you. There are a few high points. Like, we do get to see the first actual appearance on camera of Newman, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's nice to see Wayne Knight make his first appearance. He likes. I was to waiting that. to see if anybody. I was waiting to see if anybody was gonna bring that up. And kudos to you for yeah. hitting the right. Well done. See, I I knew you were gonna fuck it up. Yeah, and he 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 actually his voice appeared earlier on in the, in the series as well. And I and I read about it, of course. And it turns out that you know he's in the first appearance of Newman's voice. He's trying to commit suicide. So I guess that's kind of a tie-in there, where you know all this happens. But as far as this particular show goes, it's one of those great. Things where all the plot lines kind of converge in one thing. You got Elaine doing her fasting gimmick. You got George one to go to Cayman Islands, but uh, ends up not going. And him and Elaine go to the psychic and whatnot. Jerry's got his girl. Jerry's always got a girl in these shows. <laughs> hold on. So you got that hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The pregnant smoking psychic, by the way. Ah, that is probably that is one of my favorite parts of the show, actually. The pregnant uh, smoking psychic. It's talking George and Elaine. Of course, Elaine completely mucks it up, and poor old George misses out on the Cayman Islands trip. Ugh. So I honestly, I think I like that particular storyline better than the actual main storyline with the uh, with Jerry's neighbor and the girlfriend, and all that. Eh, yeah, I don't know. Isn't 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 that secret sauce of the show though? Is that mm-hmm. it, you know, even if you show up um, and and you don't like the the protein. There's a side that just hits you, you know, in, in the field somewhere, whether, you know, yeah. it, it's always going to be funny on this side. 
yeah, or ironic. And, and I also think that later on, I think like later on, if, you, if this, if they did this episode a few years later, they probably would have been big enough to get Elle McPherson to make make an appearance, which would have made it even better. So that's my one, my one drawback of that particular story. Like we had seen Elle McPherson, some of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit models, oh, it have been so much better, so much better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and I know another thing that they would not do today. If they did this episode today in 2022, they would not have that final segment of Jerry uh, doing his routine about the uh, suicide victims failing at life. I don't think that would make today's episode. Probably not. You know, that's a that's a that's a question. That's an interesting question that I'd love to. I, I love the fine line between comedy and tragedy, and and the license that comedians take sometimes or have if you will which depending on which side of the fence so i'd, I'd love to actually have that be a a, a, a special one-off podcast there that's a that's a really good point chris why don't you jump in here and, and talk about what, what you love about this episode welcome back to to our run here on seinfeld so regarding the main storyline i'm i'm somewhat conflicted because on one hand jerry comes off like a bitch because the the lady that he's interested in, she clearly is begging for him to man the fuck up, kiss me in front of this comatose melon farmer, I, I love how this and I'm like, yours. I love how this is cowardice and, and and being and being you know not not a man, if you will, quote unquote, instead of being respectful. No, he was scared of that motherfucker. Come on, man. There, there, I, I mean, mean no, yes, dude. it could have been that, but he was scared. No, he, he was, was scared. Dude, though, I'm not going. I'm, I don't either. care who yeah, it is. He was I'm not scared. doing that. Like, he wasn't being respectful. Uh, he was scared. They are, the harder they fall. That's true, by the way. But he didn't see it that way. He was being scary. He wasn't being respectful. Cut the cap. This is Seinfeld. But at the same point in time, he got the hit. And then she gets back when dude wakes up out of his coma and she gets back with the boyfriend. So it's kind of yeah. a net win for Jerry on that one, right? He, he, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. It's I'm a net win? Because he, he got the He got the edit. I wonder if Kramer ever gets vacuum back. Uh, AJ, moved, did you watch this episode or not? I, I did watch the episode and... I mean, it's kind of scummy. Let's not deny that. You know, the guy's in a coma and decides to and the girl just decides to hang, hit on Jerry and everything. But, hey, if you were told by a pregnant smoking psychic that you're going to have a bad time in the Cayman Islands, would you give the ticket away? That's the big question on that. Or is or But it's George. But it's George. Yeah, he's got the cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I mean, had the best time ever, because that's George. That's quintessential. Exactly. Where, where George's undying belief in the fact that he's always bound to be miserable and the extreme lack of self-esteem that he has in him being productive throughout his life is, is effervescent in this episode, 1,000%. And, and, and it's super evident in every episode, but for some reason, he also decided to mention the very first time that he had a brother in this episode as well. <laughs> Not only did we hear about Newman, he also talked about his brother impregnating i forget what the name that he used was but apparently this is the first time that he ever talks about his brother as well not just newman coming in a psychic and i and i don't think that that storyline carries through 
because I think there's later episodes where George talks about being an only child. I think so, yeah. Yeah, there's no brother later on when once we see the... I don't know what the head the Costanza's just like, at this point. Maybe just the brother like, passed away, so he is an only while child. You, eh. While you heard Newman's voice, you did not hear Wayne Knight's voice uh, right. in that earliest episode. So it is like, yeah, that's a that's just a just a technicality. DP, you're yeah, dying to jump in. You've been ever so patient here, and you are the ultimate George Costanza expert, if you will. And to continue that George Costanza talk, and as Penny Pinching, he wanted two bucks to take out that garbage for Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry brings the Jerry's garbage like, out and stops George. Hey, take this to the trash. Take this to the bin for me. And he's like, I'll do it for two bucks. Like, what? <laughs> I just that two bucks. I won't touch that garbage for anything. Got the Drake's coffee cake reference, too. And the whole Drake's, yeah, the Drake's yeah, coffee cake. You get 50 oh, cents. You get a Drake's coffee yeah. cake. You're not getting a Drake's coffee for well, 50 cents. And you cents. instantly see Newman's, you instantly see Newman's lust for the sweet and savory, right? I mean, oh. it's like, and this carries on through. It was immediate. It's just immaculate. And you could see his lack of, you know, tidiness with, well, I, I, what do you need the vacuum for? You could use you could, what is you could use my carpet sweeper. Carpet sweeper, <laughs> the biggest scam in America in American history. The carpet sweeper. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, so Wayne Knight. If, if George had gone to the Cayman Islands, uh, the, there's no way George would have gone. L. McPherson's phone number. That would no. not happen. And that's what's great. No, no. Yeah, yeah he some, might have some, and fucked it up and then caused himself more torture. No, it's George. Some bad shit would have happened to him when he yeah. got to that island because mm-hmm. it's George. But and of course, Kramer had the greatest time ever when he gets there and he gets El oh, McFish's like, number and he's hanging out with dude supermodels. He yeah. got stung by the jellyfish. That well, was probably the bad thing. Well, I mean, the other thing is, what what if that is the horrible thing that happened to George is because he gave away his ticket? Yeah. <laughs> Don't go. That's a very George but, thing to happen. But a that's thing. you would have had a great time if you didn't give away this ticket. But the rest of it is is a hundred percent the exact Kramer thing. Like that's this that's everything Kramer about that is like he stumbles he into this ticket. Lucky, he man. stumbles into he yep. goes oh I I got played nude backgammon with El McPherson. Like nobody else is gonna get mm-hmm. that shit. Like Kramer just falls into success oh. by doing nothing. Yes, on the. You, on you, the these you, pretzels you, are making me thirsty side of the game. Yes, you exactly <laughs> explain the dynamic of the show, DP. It's basically Jerry is this guy where everything works out and stays centered in his life. George is the bottom end, Kramer is the top end, and Elaine is the one who notices everything that's going on. That that's that's it, it. It's the money episode where she throws the twenty out the window of Jerry's, and then like at the end of the episode, he. He puts pants on. He finds a twenty. Like everything evens out, and yeah. Kramer and George are those scales tipping up and down on him. So I, I I had a great time today, Steve. I'm so glad you came on. I, I want you to go first here, and I want you to take as much time as you want, and I want you to tell everybody where they can find you and all the great content that you produce, and and where people can consume that. So okay, follow me on Twitter at Steve Cook eight four. That's where you'll get most of my links and whatnot but on the chairshot.com of course i've been doing my weekly nfl gambling picks um not doing so well so far this season but i tend to, i tend to turn around later in the season much like jerry seinfeld at the end of seinfeld i wind up kind of even steven that's kind of how things tend to go for me so good tie in there and then of course you can catch me on 411 mania 
Boston.com, doing some top seven columns, doing some uh, reviews. Might be reviewing some stuff next week if my schedule allows. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, all sorts of good times and great memories and such. Excellent stuff. AJ, what's going on with Mr. Belaz? Uh, I mean, not too much. I mean, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. I can talk about it later on with you guys. But if you really want to know what's going on with me, with me, phenomenal AJB, AJB in all caps on Twitter, along with just like good old Steve Cook, you'll find a bunch of things on the chairshot.com as long as you type in AJ in the search bar. There's something that I'm going to pop up on. Uh, we already mentioned it a lot because I know Tony hates this shirt with a passion of a thousand suns, uh, the Platt Belaz shirt. You can find a, that shirt along with a bunch of others, chairshot.com, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash a chair shot, represent, show it off. They, we still got the Platt Belaz 2020 shirts. Two, two more years and, and maybe we might get something new. Ah, ah, ah. Maybe. Please, please, no. DP. Go ahead and well no no I'm sorry Chris I I missed you sorry I got a thing at the end there you were ready to jump in no no worries man y'all can find me on Twitter at the real C Platt shout out to everybody down in Florida I've talked to everybody that I know is down in Florida they're doing well but shout out to y'all Danny I swear to God Chris every time I look at that I swear I thought it was a Morbius shirt. Uh, you can find me all over the That's funny. <laughs> you can find me all over it's the world close. on social media interwebs that it's me, DPP. <laughs> find this show up at Podcast DWI on Twitter and Facebook.com slash DWI Podcast. All right, you can follow me at PC Tony. You can follow this show like DP said. Make sure you're checking out Chairshot Radio Network. Go ahead and roll that gangsta fucking Greenwich reggae music for us, DP. Um ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, the chair shot.com. Always use your head. Steve Cook, thank you, my friend. You're welcome back anytime. We'll see you next week. RIP Coolio. And you were worried you were going to be bad. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.